Hi everyone, welcome to The Marshall Way. Today my guest is an MMA fighter making his UFC debut next month, fighting out of Syndicate MMA in Las Vegas by way of Israel. He's a background in traditional karate, switched to MMA with a pro MMA record of six wins with no losses. Welcome, Nathan Levy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mamatsav Gever. Makure. <laughs> I have a I have a lot of Israeli friends, so when they knew that you were coming on, they were like, "Okay, you got to say this, or you got to say." I'm like, "No, I'm going to butcher it." So hopefully, I no, you said it well. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great, thank you. It's is a How are you great. Doing? Oh, I'm doing awesome now. Now that I have you on here, I'm doing fabulous. Uh, so my channel, I mean, as most people know, I usually focus a lot on. Uh, uh, Kyokushin, uh, full contact karate styles and things of that nature. Uh, but I've obviously been following you because, I mean, you come from that traditional background and then made the switch over to MMA. So I have a lot of things I want to pick your brain about. So I'm sure a lot of your interviews lately have been very MMA, UFC focused, but I'd, I want to pick your brain more about the, your roots and your traditional karate and that switch. So I hope that's going to be okay with you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, awesome. So on that note, so you come from Israel. I mean, I think if my memory serves me correctly, you were born in Paris. But Correct. Grew up, grew, yeah, okay. So growing up in Israel, um, how did you get into traditional karate and, and specifically Weichiru, which is an unorthodox style of traditional karate people are familiar with? Um, you know, um, at first, like I always wanted to do martial arts for me, like growing up, it was all about like Rocky, Bruce Lee, all that stuff, but I was just uh, never really consistent with training mm -hmm. uh, until I became a teenager and started doing a Pange Nun Kung Fu, mm -hmm. which is like a Chinese version of okay. Wei Chi Ryu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So at uh, and how did you find that? Was it just happened to be a, a local school teaching it? Because again, yeah, it's that a pretty, was. It's not a common style. No, not at all. But. Um, yeah, there was a teacher in my town. Um, I was really looking to like uh, box or do MMA or kickboxing. Mm -hmm. And uh, back then, you know, looking up online, I didn't really find much. All I had was like word of mouth. Um, what really happened is that I was doing like a combined martial arts, which was like uh, MMA, but you know, it's not jujitsu, it's judo. Right. And it's not the uh, kickboxing, it's karate, like, right, right. Uh, you know, a full contact style. Um, so I was doing this for like a year. And then I went up to high school and, you know, met some new kids. Um, and they were doing Kung Fu. Mm -hmm. Like when we realized we're friends and we're like, oh, yeah, you train as well. Okay, let's spar a little bit. <laughs> and so uh, I got my ass kicked. <laughs> and I was like, where do you guys train? They say, oh, we're doing Kung Fu. Uh, in this part of town, mm -hmm. I said, all right, I'm coming with you guys. <laughs> so I stopped that uh, MMA thing and started doing Kung Fu with them. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and then where did Weichi or Panganu, uh, where did that happen? So when I was um, 16, after a couple of years of doing uh, Kung Fu, mm -hmm. uh, my teacher told me he's flying to Okinawa to to, you know, find the roots uh, of what we're doing and like uh, training Wei Chiryu. And, um, you know, I told him like, can I come with you? He said, yes. 
I asked my mom, can I go to train in Japan? And she said, uh, yeah, sure, of course you can. Like, yeah, like I'm right. talking nonsense and <laughs> just whatever. Yeah, yeah, you can go. And that same week, I just show up at home with a flight ticket. <laughs> <laughs> you already said I could go. <laughs> what was her reaction? She was like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, mom, you said it was okay. I got my flight ticket. She's like, um, okay, so I want to talk with your teacher. I want to do this. Yeah. But yeah, she, she let me do it. Wait a minute. How old were you then? And 16. Wow, that's crazy, man. That's brave of you. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's super brave. That says a lot about your personality. So it's, um, I like I, I want to hear the rest of this, but it's interesting because I came to know you not through MMA or any of that stuff th through the Weichi stuff. And I remember the videos that were coming out and stuff. There was these demo videos and I saw this Mohawk guy that was doing this amazing, powerful stuff. And <laughs> I can't believe flash forward now. This is you. That's it. Anyway. So l let me hear the rest of it. So uh, so you uh, you made it to Okinawa. We made it to Okinawa. Um, we went to the town hall and looked for uh, Shinjo Sensei, mm -hmm. which is the grandmaster of the Weichiryu. And um, basically, you know, again, two foreigners, like we don't speak Japanese, they mm -hmm. don't speak English. And um, we just show up at this dojo and uh, he tells us, uh, you know, like go away guys. Uh, so we just, for that week, every day we'd show up to his dojo, like bearing gifts. Oh, wow. So this is like out of a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just like fruits are very expensive in Okinawa because they need to import everything. It's a, you know, it's a small island. Right. So we would bring him like uh, mangoes and just like fruits that are very expensive uh, every day until he gave us a, a shot and he said, okay, we had the, we did, we did Kung Fu. So we had black geese. <laughs> right. So he said, go where I tell you and buy a, a white gi and mm -hmm. come tonight to, to training. Mm -hmm. So that's what we did. Um, you know, very hard training and very hard sparring. And, um, and were you thrown right in right away, right into their, sparring and her training yeah wow. yeah okay. and even like uh you know kind of trying to make us quit oh uh, yeah you know here are the two uh white guys let's kick their legs until they never come back <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so were you exposed that so the kung fu that you were doing yeah i know it's, mm -hmm. it's a root of that how similar was it to the Weichi then that you got exposed to in Okinawa? Like, were you guys already doing the gate on low kicks and all that kind of stuff? Um, hard contact training? Like some of the, the positions were similar. Right. Like, but the, I'm, I'm not sure how to say it, but like the quality of movement, like the style of movement was very different. Mm. Right. So maybe if you like take a photo of two of us and them doing something, it'll look the same, but like just the way you move, it's kind of different. Right. And, um, you know, spent uh, a month there. And then when I got home, the next thing on my mind was like, how do I get back to Okinawa? Like I, got, I can't wait to go back to Okinawa and train wow. more. So, so and, and that the whole time was with Shin, uh, Shinjo Sensei? Yeah. 
And, and what and, was your impression of him when meeting him and his, seeing him? Uh, very like an uh, impressive person. Yeah. Like, you know, somebody who's, uh, who has an aura. He's not just some guy. Right. Um, and yeah, you know, I have so many stories from there, but um, just like everything, like I think it shaped my life a lot, like that trip. And even more so the next one, when I went there for like three months and got my black belt mm -hmm. the next year, mm -hmm. um, you know, it was very hard because I would um, wake up every morning, uh, 7 a.m. Shinjo would pick us up with his car, uh, drive us to the school where he teaches. So in Okinawa, there is like a, a private school mm -hmm. and to get like your... Um, I'm not sure how to call it, but like to get your, uh, to finish high school properly, you need to have like a school black belt in karate. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's not like a dojo black belt. Mm -hmm. It's not as uh, demanding, mm -hmm. but like you gotta know some basics. There's like uh, some katas that I made for the schools to make it more simple. Right. But it would teach there like different classes and I would just do one class Students change, I keep training. Students change, I keep training <laughs> for the whole morning, every day. Wow. And then the nighttime training, I would ride the, my bicycle for uh, 20 miles. Oh, wow. Each way. Yeah. And on my way there, like, uh, you know, knees feel weak from just like being scared of training of like how hard it's going to be. This is the anticipation. Knowing yeah, just coming. the anticipation, like, <laughs> gives you weak knees. Jesus, wow. Yeah. You get there, get your ass kicked for a couple hours, ride back home, same thing the next morning. Rinse and repeat. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that, <laughs> so this is funny here. This it literally does sound like a movie, though. That's pretty, yeah, it's that's pretty cool. This young kid goes over there and does this training and then, driving his bicycle for 20, 20 miles to get his ass kicked. So were there yeah. any other uh, Westerners there or was it predominantly Okinawans? So um, there's like a lot of military bases in Okinawa. Right. Yeah, American military, right? Yeah, so they have like dojos inside the bases, but a lot of them like the practitioners would come sometimes to the, to the headquarters to train or for like belt grading. Mm -hmm. um that kind of stuff so there was like interactions with uh, with a lot of americans or soldiers mm -hmm. and um and yeah some people also from like uh different parts of the world mm -hmm. like transient just kind of moving in through yeah but yeah. usually everybody who trained with shinjo sensei had like uh it was like uh head of waitcheru in canada head of waitcheru right. in spain it wasn't just like just regular practitioners. So that's pretty cool, though, that you got to train with him every day. You must have created a good relationship with him. Could he speak? Yeah. Could he speak English or like how were you guys communicating? Shinjo, yeah, yeah, he speaks uh, pretty good English. Oh, okay. And uh, funny because the first time uh, we came to see him, he was speaking Japanese, and some student was translating and saying like, "Oh, you guys should go train at some mm -hmm. other dojo," just like you know. Uh, mm. acting like you don't speak English and then slowly oh, opened up and started speaking English with us. That's interesting. <laughs> so he's got to test you and check you out first and approve. Yeah. You. 
Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and Weichi, I mean, it's known as a, a very hard style, obviously. Uh, people who are familiar with it, I mean, just from the, um, the body conditioning and all that stuff. But the other thing that's interesting about Weichi is really unorthodox strikes, like with parts of the, the body that you wouldn't normally, like your, your front kick with the toe, the thing like that, yeah. like using knuckles and things. Uh, how, what was that like? I mean, for me, I, I'd love to know your perspective because I see that and I see it. It's, it's, um, it definitely had its value in a time and stuff, but how does it fit into 2021 <laughs> having your toe being able to, uh, like, I mean, we don't walk around barefoot anymore. Um, yeah. Did you ever question any of that stuff or, or was it just um, the mystery of it all was just so cool? Yeah. You know, I did question it. Um, like what I did was cool and I liked it. Right. And I wasn't always thinking like, oh, this have to really, I need to be able to kill a person with the, my thumb knuckle yeah. strike. Yeah. I was just like, okay, this is a form. This is a way to control my body. Right. Um, here's a position I couldn't do six months ago and now I can. It means right. I improved my uh, control of my body. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't always like thinking like, um, everything I do is supposed to be to work. Right. So I was like, okay, this technique, I don't think it will work, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, kick actually, I still use it in MMA. So it does come in handy. Yeah. Like you are barefoot when you fight in MMA. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I bet not a lot of fighters do that in the ring either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, it takes people like uh, by surprise, I think. <laughs> yeah. They don't. It's like imagine. strikes them right where it needs to. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, like all these things, like one knuckle punch, all that stuff for me, I don't, I don't think it works. I think like also I've seen people like break boards and yeah. all that stuff. Wow. Yeah. That, that would hurt, but um, why not take that time and use it to, you know, improve your punching technique or your defense or chicken kicks or whatever it is that is way more common. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's how I kind of thought of it as well. Um, that being said though, I mean, I'm not sure how many kata are in Weichi. Is there a lot? I don't think there's a lot, right? No, eight katas. Eight katas. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you find, did you, um, get any practicality of them that you still like, I guess my question is, I know you've transitioned and we'll definitely get into it to MMA and stuff, but was there anything formable in those katas that is transferable to actual uh, fighting, we'll say? Yeah, so again, for me, I'm like uh, my grasp of it is like, uh, you know, Ido Portal? Mm, of course. Like a movement coach, Israeli yeah. guy. Um, for me, kata is kind of that same thing. It's like learning how to move your body, uh, how to control it, how to be precise with uh, your moves. And I think when you watch somebody who's like, a lot of times people tell me, like coaches tell me, I can see the uh, how karate made you like a, a sharper fighter in your striking. Even when you do Muay Thai or boxing, like you can see that karate, like everything is where it there. needs to be. Yeah. Um, I think that's a lot thanks to Kata, like weight transfer, right? Um, 
how you kick, how you transfer your weight, uh, how you move when you stay in the low stance, right? And you move from one side to the other, staying in the low stance. That's something that shows somebody who didn't do, who doesn't come from a karate background or doesn't have that control sometimes, will like shift all over the place, change his height, and will make his uh, strikes like more visible, more telegraphed. Um, so yeah, I think there's a bunch of benefits to it. When somebody tells me, you know, how does the kata help you in a fight? Why would you waste time on doing kata? Yeah, of course, I'm not gonna put so much time in it right now because it's not my focus, but how is jumping rope gonna help you in the fight? Are you gonna bring your jumping rope inside the cage? No, it's a tool, right? Touche, good point. So we have many tools. I'm not gonna jump rope more than I work on the heavy bag because obviously my sport is punching, not jumping rope, but the rope is, uh, is an effective tool to use. Mm -hmm. which is so this is kind of interesting too because one of the things i've noticed watching your fights is your ground game has gotten really good uh, especially your defensive wrestling um obviously weichi didn't have much focus there how did that develop i mean we'll get into talking about switching over that did you have any grappling or ground uh, stuff uh, prior to making the move to mma uh not really mm -hmm. um you know, I think it's like a, a lot of factors. One of them is when I got to Vegas the first time, you know, I um, I knew that like grappling was gonna be my biggest uh, hole. Like I'm, I'm zero, I'm a white belt, I have no grappling, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I started doing jujitsu every day, uh, mm -hmm. twice. Like every day is obvious because I would train every day. But no matter what I did, two sessions of jiu-jitsu morning and evening, wow. um, whether it be training two, three other times every day, still got to do two more jiu-jitsu sessions. And I really fell in love with it. I really like it. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very practical. Yep. And um, yeah, I think just my passion for it and my love for it made me do it so much that I kind of, um, you know, made up for lost time. Yeah, your ground control, like I said, is pretty phenomenal. I've seen you against guys who are, you know, pretty high pedigree wrestlers, and you're controlling them. So it says a lot. It says a lot. When when you were practicing your jujitsu, were you doing gi, uh, gi or no gi? Mostly no gi. I figured that. Mostly, yeah. yeah, mostly no gi because, again, that's how I compete. Like right. the gi is a is a good tool to like strengthen your grip and work different stuff. But at the end of the day, I'm going to compete in no gi. Yeah. So I'm gonna do Nogi. Yeah. Um, so back to, to to Okinawa. Like, did you did you fall in love with Okinawa? Was it like was it a place that you still revere? Or would like to go back, or what's what was your relationship with Okinawa like? My first time was uh, falling in love with it. Um, you know, thinking all the time, how can I get back there mm -hmm. as soon as possible? Um, my second time, which was three months, was way more hard mm -hmm. way more like lonely mm. um you know harsher like um harsher training uh harsher like uh, life around training mm -hmm. i didn't have any money mm. um so you know i would just eat like uh, rice uh, pretty much all the time <laughs> and uh 
and yeah, like it was a very rough time for me. It made me grow up a lot. It made me learn a lot, but it was very traumatic. Like it was the maybe hardest time of my life. Wow. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, how did that influence you when you left there? So from there, you went back home to Israel, I assume. Yeah, I went back home and I was like, hey, fucking now, like I ain't going back ever. <laughs> did, did your friends and family think you had changed at all from from the uh, experience? I was kind of depressed for a year, like really? after Okinawa. Yeah. After returning. Yeah. Why? Not, de not depressed, but like, like I um, kind of fell off. Like I would still train every day, mm -hmm. but like I kind of I wasn't enjoying it. I was just like uh, going through the motions, and like I wasn't sure even if I want to continue doing uh, karate. What, 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 what happened? Did something, was there a specific thing that, or did you become disillusioned? Like what, what was it? Um, I don't know. I think it was just like, again, like it was like uh, so hard in Okinawa mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to explain it. Like, uh, of course now I'm happy that it was, and it made me like uh, who I am. Yeah. But at that point, I was just like um, sick of it, maybe like also trained so much that I was sick of it. Burnt out. And uh, yeah, and also my coach stayed like uh, in Okinawa for that whole year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I was like, uh, I was kind of training with like a replacement coach and the fire was very like, uh, the fire was dying. Yeah. But after that year, like I realized, yeah, that's what I love to do and I'm going to keep doing it mm -hmm. and slowly things got better. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, you opened your, you had your own dojo, right? Or dojos. Yeah. 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 And, and that was in Weichi as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how did that happen? How did you, was that just a, 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 again, like something that you wanted to do or was it out of necessity? No, it was something I uh, wanted to do. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, um, I did like a instructor course in Israel. You're obligated if you want to be yeah. a teacher or coach and uh, opened up a, a few groups and I was doing uh, really well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that was like, I came back from Okinawa from the second time when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that's when I restarted to watch like MMA. Yeah, that's I what was, I was going to uh, ask. Where, where did that fire ignite? <laughs> yeah, I was watching MMA even like when I was a kid. Right. But when I was doing karate at some point, I thought like, uh, you know, especially being a kid, oh, these guys uh, suck. My sensei would beat their ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> um, and kind of stopped watching it. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, when I was 18 and got back from Okinawa, just a friend was like, oh, there's UFC fights uh, tonight. Come watch it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started watching it again. And slowly realizing like, oh, these guys are. Now I can understand what I see. These guys are high level. They're not mm -hmm. just some guys my, my sensei would beat up. <laughs> and, uh, and started having an interest in it. For me, it was like um, I wanted to do it. But I thought like, that's just not me. That's not my sport. 
Right. Uh, it's so cool, but it's not like what I've been training for in all these years. It's not something that's going to happen. Um, and at 22, or like by the time I was 22, I flew to Vegas. But before that, what happened is um, competing was very taboo in uh, in Weichi and like uh, in mm -hmm. my dojo. And I always wanted to compete like in karate. Mm -hmm. And my teacher had like um, all kinds of excuses. Like, uh, you know, why you want to compete? You want to just uh, beat up on people? What are you, uh, a bully? You oh, know? Wow. And I was like, no, I just want to, I would just want to test myself and, yeah. you know, and compete and have people beating me. I'll beat on some people. <laughs> we'll have a good time. Exactly. He's like, no, if you beat somebody up, it means he was weaker than you. Why oh, would wow. you take pride in beating somebody weaker than you? Wow, that's an interesting philosophy. Wow. Yeah. I didn't like buy it. Yeah. But I was like very respectful of him. Right. Yeah. And always like I grew up with him. So I was like, okay, sensei, if you say so, then you're right. Yeah. But um, more and more I doubt about it and more and more felt uh, uncomfortable with it. And one day there was like a reality TV show that was mm -hmm. supposed to imitate uh, the ultimate fighter in Israel. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we have a group text of like all the black belts. And uh, my sensei says like, who wants to do a reality show, live in a house and do MMA fights, like a tournament style. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sign me up. I don't know. I didn't know where <laughs> it came from, but I was like, me, I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> And I started training, um, you know, just running and training very hard. And I but had you, a friend but, who did. But you hadn't done any, any MMA at that point. I haven't done any MMA at that point. Wow. Okay. I had a friend who was a judo brown belt. Yep. And um, we would meet up and train. Because my sensei, I asked him and he said no, that I'd go train at the jiu-jitsu gym. So basically, like, I'm like, okay, can I train with my friend? Yeah, you so, you know, train with my friend that eventually there was never any show, like it never took off. Right. But I was like, um, I, I need to do it anyway. Like the, it was the train has left the station. Yeah, like, I'm exactly. going to do MMA. Yeah. And um, Can I then my you, Sorry, yeah, I just want to ask you one quick question. Did you, have you ever done any Kyokushin karate or are you aware of Kyokushin? Like now? Well, now you are, but back then, did, yeah. did you ever? Back then, no. No? Okay. No. Just curious. Yeah. Back then, all I knew is like, uh, our Ancient. style is the best. <laughs> right. Everything else <laughs> is inferior. <laughs> wow. You, you drank the Kool-Aid. You were in the cult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. I totally interjected there. So, yeah. So, the, no, no, the train had left the station. Yeah. The train had left the station. Uh, I told my sensei, like, uh, listen, I want to, to, to do MMA. Mm -hmm. uh, I still want to be part of, of our organization. I still want to train with you. I still want to represent karate, but I need to do jujitsu. Mm -hmm. I need to do wrestling. Um, and I want to go train in, uh, in Vegas. Mm -hmm. And he told me, listen, you have to choose. It's karate or MMA. Wow. Okay. So your sensei was pretty hardcore. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. So that he yeah. gave you a dilemma. Okay. Yeah. And we were like brothers. Like we were for 10 years right, of together course. every day. Um, like with a very heavy heart, I told him like, okay, I choose MMA. And um, just because of that ultimatum, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And, um, but I mean, you have, you had dojos though, karate dojos at that time as well. Right. So it's not just a decision of just walking away from Weichi. You're, you've got, you have a business yeah. there, everything. So that's a, that's a huge decision. Yeah. And it's like, um, it's also very like, um, to socially like, um, <clears throat> leave like your social construct, like everything, yeah. all your friends are from karate. Yeah. Uh, your students, it tells you, you know, go teach your students tomorrow and let them know, like, starting next class is going to be another teacher. No. Um, but, yeah, like, I did what I thought was right, right? Nobody forced me. I did it. That was my decision. Yeah. Um, so I flew to Vegas at 22. And why Vegas? Just because it's the Mecca? It's the... Uh... Yeah. For me, it was like, I want to be the best in karate, fly to Okinawa. Right. I want to be the best in MMA, fly to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. And I had so many people tell me like, why I shouldn't do it, why it's not the right time. Okay, you should first be champion, MMA champion in Israel and then go to Vegas. Right. Or people tell me before you have a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you have nothing to do in Vegas. Like, train here, great, get your brown belt and then maybe fly. No, interesting. Thankfully, I didn't listen because I'm still a, a blue belt in jiu-jitsu and I'm already in the UFC, so... <laughs> exactly. I would have still been waiting for my brown belt. Yeah. There's there's always the people that surround you with that. Like, Yeah. Oh, everyone's got their advice, the uh, the ones that are sitting on the couch. Yeah. Everybody who hasn't done it is going to tell you how you should do it. Exactly. exactly. So <clears throat> thankfully, you didn't listen to them. Okay. Yeah. So I flew to Vegas. I met um, like my striking coach, Jimmy Giff. Yep. I got really lucky. Um, were you were you, were you introduced to him? Uh, yeah. Did you know I was anybody? Introduced to him. Yeah. So no. did you you went there, but you went to Las Vegas cold though, not knowing anyone or not knowing anyone. Wow, man, you're a brave. You're a brave kid. Yeah. <laughs> <All these laughs> brave or like uh, you know when you're young and you don't. Yeah. You don't know all the dangers. You're yeah. kind of naive. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, I I went to Vegas. I met Giff. Yep. I was so lucky to meet him. And I didn't even know that he trained like world champions in the UFC and in <laughs> boxing. Yeah. And I just kind of landed there. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I want to be a, an MMA fighter, sir. Oh, you think you can make it? Yeah. Okay, show me uh, your fight stance. And I just get like completely sideways karate style. Karate style. <laughs> deep, low, like horse stance. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, he's, he's just like, oh, F, you know? <laughs> what am I going to do with this kid? <laughs> like back in my dojo, we were like 30 people training and there was like one heavy bag. Oh, wow. So if we... If we did heavy back training, yeah, in Israel, space is very limited. Right. So small dojo, small yeah. kata, <laughs> yeah. 30 people in one heavy bag. 
and <laughs> it meant when we did heavy bag work it was like go for 10 seconds yeah, next rotate. next right <laughs> so he tells me okay we're gonna do a one round on the heavy bag one, one round on mids whatever yeah and i just go in the heavy bag like at 200 miles an hour <laughs> like he's gonna tell it's me to crazy. stop in 10 seconds yeah but <laughs> slowly i realized like He's not telling me to stop, and I. And now your gas I realize is like insane. around is five minutes, and I have oh, shit, four funny. and a half minutes to go, and I'm gassed. That's so funny. So, yeah, the way Gift tells it is like I threw a million spinning kicks. Oh my god. I, I wish there was kinda, footage of that. Yeah. <laughs> Did definitely. anybody videotape it? <laughs> oh. I was just dying on the heavy bag. Whatever time was left. Yeah. Then we did some mitts. Uh, you know, also like high pace. Yeah. And had, uh, had you done any mitt work before that? No. Oh wow. Um <laughs> uh, you know, trying to understand the concept as well. Yeah. Um uh, you know, really like killed me for the for the whole sessions. By the end of the session, like uh, I was throwing up in the garbage while he was <laughs> telling me that you know uh, I'm very raw. He You're told me right. like, uh, but there might be a diamond in the rough. Uh, if you're willing to train hard, I think we could make something out of you. Awesome. And I said, yes, sir. I'll do whatever you tell me. Um, and we started training. Well, I mean, uh, well, obviously he would have, if anybody, someone like him is going to have an eye for stuff. Right. So he yeah, obviously, he obviously some, saw something in you and obviously he was right. I mean, look at you today. Um, but I keep thinking like, I mean, you'd come from a very traditional background where you were obviously a very disciplined student up to that yeah. point. So I'm, I'm sure, I mean, and that comes through in your personality even now, like that must resonate from you as well. So he, I, he probably could tell right away, you're going to work your ass off. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think more than he saw something uh, physical in me, mm -hmm. like athletic people, you know, they're a dime a dozen here in, in America, yeah. right? Like I could take anybody and like, uh, you know, if athleticism was all it counts or talent or something, but what really counts is like discipline, hard work. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not who's who's the best, it's who's left. Yeah. I know a bunch of people were 10 times more athletic than me, 10 times more gifted, but at some point because of financial struggles, they said, I'm done with this dream of MMA, I'm going to go work. Right something or had a baby or whatever it was couldn't get a visa some things that killed our dream and at the end of the day it's who stuck around who made the adjustments who didn't give up on their dream 100 percent um and we even see it like even at uh, our kyokushin dojo and my sensei talks about as well um he's very well known sensei steve fogarashi um and bringing up good fighters and and one thing he talks about sometimes sometimes it's almost bad to have people who are completely naturally athletic because they lack a lot of times they will lack the work ethic because because yeah. things come so easy to them 
Um, and then all of a sudden, the person who's probably not perhaps as athletic, but works their ass off, slowly catches up and surpasses them. And to your point, something else pops up in their vision and they get like some shiny yeah. distraction and they're gone. So exactly. Yeah, yeah work ethic is, is <laughs> I think, probably the most important part of it. Yeah. 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 Hard work beats talent yeah. when talent won't work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but at one point, uh, how did you end up though? You, cause you're at syndicate now with, uh, coach John Wood, correct? Yeah. So after a week of training with gift or mm -hmm. a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. um, you know, he said, okay, like we started making adjustments to my striking, learn how to box around to move a little bit. Right. And he said, okay, we still got a lot of work to do, but you got to go do your MMA. We don't want you to be a boxer. We want you to be an MMA fighter. Right. So you got to get into grappling. He told me you got to do a lot of grappling mm -hmm. and you got to, you know, do your MMA sparring. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started taking grappling really seriously. Met John, um, connected with the team mm -hmm. and, uh, and really been with them ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you seem like you're loyal to them. Like you must get, I mean, you're getting well known now. Has there been, offers to go to other places and stuff like why do you decide to stay with syndicate and john um yeah you know there's been offers but um first of all like i'm very connected with them on a personal level mm -hmm. and i trust in them mm -hmm. and you know trust uh, doesn't come easy <laughs> no kidding yeah um also you know yeah loyalty like I'm against like blind loyalty, but like these are the people that took care of me since day one. Mm -hmm. When nobody thought I was anything, they put the time in me. Mm -hmm. So why when I succeed now, like, like a lot of people ask me like, oh, now that you're in the UFC, you're going to change gyms. Mm -hmm. Like they got me into the UFC. Why would I leave them exactly. the moment I get there? Like yeah. that would be, that would that wouldn't be like even serving my self-interest. That would be like just to spit in the face for no reason. We've been winning exactly. We're on a 10 fight win streak. Why the hell would I change coaches? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, did you find, did you, did you find that your traditional karate helped or hindered you when you started now focusing on MMA? Like, um, of course I think it helped. Like I have a lot of tools that other people don't. Yeah, like we talked um, about earlier, the, the sharpness yeah. and the technique and things of that nature. Sharpness, technique, you know, talking technically, like, yeah, the kicks, some of the movement, uh, foot sweeps have served me really well. Oh, yeah, like right. Even when I couldn't wrestle, yeah, I can jump on someone's leg and work very hard to get them down, or I can just wait for them to step. <laughs> with them right. like from under them get on top and start working <laughs> good point so, uh, yeah. that helps a lot um it, but also sometimes like the moves i do are too choppy yeah like a lot of time uh, give my coach tells me like i do something and he tells me not karate but <laughs> <laughs> like just flow you flow. know be more flowy and i'm trying yeah yeah uh, but you know everything has its positives and negatives. A lot of times I say like, uh, oh, I had to learn boxing from zero when I got here and Muay Thai and this from zero and I had to forget some things. 
some bad habits from karate and people say, oh, then basically karate didn't even help you, you had to learn everything from zero. Well, mm. the point is I didn't have to learn everything from zero because I had like the, the discipline and I had like the control of my body. Mm-hmm. So maybe most of the techniques I used today are not from karate, but maybe it would have taken me twice as long to learn them. Yeah. And also once you have good, like I think personally, you can't go into MMA knowing only karate. Like I think it's factual, mm-hmm. but uh, once you do know boxing and you do know wrestling and you do know like uh, Muay Thai, then you had karate. Now it helps you a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and like there isn't any other martial arts. It's not like karate is out of the ordinary. Any other martial arts, you can't go into MMA just knowing wrestling. Mm-hmm. You can't go into MMA just knowing jujitsu. Right. So it doesn't make it inferior. You have you have to have a complete, well-rounded game to be in MMA. Mm-hmm. And then if you have, karate trips, movement, kicks, punching, mentality, all these things help you. Yeah, I mean, I would think they would. I mean, especially and. I mean, for the average person, they hear karate and you just think karate. But as, as we know, like there's so many different styles of karate. Right. And, you know, whether it's like Kyokushin, like I do, is very, very different from the point system fighting like somebody like Wonder Boy would do. Um, yeah. And everything has its place. Um, so and, and, and again, for you with Weichi, which is probably you're probably the first. Are you the first Weichi person in, in MMA? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. It can't be that many. I think there was uh, Gustavo. Oh, right, right. Like that. Um, But I guess what I'm getting at, I mean, when there's going to be movement or things in you that people are, it's going to be hard for them to unravel. Like, like you're not just going to be the standard out of the box MMA guy who's just done stand up Muay Thai. He's done his jujitsu or he or she has done their whatever. You're, you might have a very different angle or take on things. Uh, Like the, the, the tripping is a great example of that. Yeah, I agree. And um, yeah, especially also like, uh, we'll get to it, but like Kyoko Shin as well, you know, has helped me yeah, develop so how, a lot. How were you introduced? So that's what I, I heard that you had done Kyoko Shin. I was like, what? <laughs> how did you get introduced? Okay, so um, after like uh, everything that happened, you know, with uh, leaving Israel and like closing my schools and like, uh, you know, I had like a very bad taste yeah. left from, uh, from karate. Yeah. I was still like, you know, considering myself a karate and like, uh, you know, trying to represent well, but for me, like I didn't want to do it, um, anymore, really mm-hmm. not anymore, but I didn't want to do it for that time being. I just, I was like, I need a break from this. Yep. I'm doing MMA now. If at first my plan was to keep doing karate and MMA, and then, um, you know, I was like exiled. <laughs> uh, so I was like, okay, right now I'm doing MMA. Mm-hmm. But uh, after my last amateur fight, I broke my hand. And, um, you know, I had like a year off of fighting. Um, I was still living in Israel. Mm-hmm. And my friend told me, who finished the army, told me, like, uh, finished his service, told me, I'm going to Tokyo to train. You want to come with me? Um, 
I said, yeah, you know what? Sounds cool, like Tokyo, some training. No, I didn't really think too much of it. I was like, yeah, you know, I'll do some spinning kicks. I'll work on my stuff uh, with some karate trainer out there. Like mm -hmm. as long as uh, it's not the Okinawa 2.0, <laughs> right, I'm, right. I'm okay with it. <laughs> and uh, so um, went with him to Tokyo and we did, uh, we trained with uh, Xi'an, uh, Arturo Venetian. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's who you trained with? Yeah. He's amazing. And what a great guy. He is. Yeah. So, you know, very quickly, I realized like it's not. Uh, it's not what you thought? <laughs> it's not what I thought. Like training was brutal. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to escape Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> and. That was like almost after a year layoff because of my hand. Yeah. So I was kind of out of shape and I swear within two weeks, he kicked me right back into fight shape. Like really? Would, That's awesome. Yeah. He would kill us. <laughs> and, and, uh, he really sparked like the fire again for me in karate. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Like after, you know, when we were done there, we did like a uh, two weeks or 20 days, uh, training, like short training camp. It was hard training every day. And like I told him, like, um, you know, I, for a moment, I, I looked at karate as like just another style of fighting. Like, oh, I'm doing jujitsu. I learned these moves. Mm -hmm. I'm going to fight to Tokyo and I'm going to fly to Tokyo and learn some different moves. Mm -hmm. But uh, you really reminded me that karate, it's not just like a, a set of moves. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. and uh you know you really reignited the karate fire in me that's awesome yeah and the uh, the smart thing of him to do is again like i grew up all i heard was like everybody in israel who does karate is uh, is garbage <laughs> but us <laughs> right <laughs> and so he told me i have a friend in israel is the head of the kyokushin there uh, you should go train with him. And I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and he was like, at the end of the, the tr training camp, he gave me like a, a gift. And he told me, oh, this is for my friend, uh, Shian Wonen. Mm -hmm. Please give it to him. And I said, uh, yes, of course, I'll yeah. do that. Yeah. Talk to Shian Wonen on the phone. Hi, how are you? I'm Nathan. I got a gift from you from Shian Altu. When can I give it to you? He said, come at 6 a.m. to uh, the dojo. We're doing some training. You know, I'd love to meet you. Come train with us and give it to me. And uh, so I did. Train with him. Realized he was an amazing martial artist. And he had a great, amazing team of, you know, yeah. really, really dedicated uh, practitioners. And I've been with him ever since. That's awesome. I moved away. Yeah, I moved away from Israel, so now I live in Vegas. Yeah. But you know, I still, um, I still had the opportunity to fly to Tokyo like uh, last year, so I went to train with Arthur again. Mm -hmm. And whenever I'm, I'm in Israel, I train consistently with uh, Shian Ronen. So. That's phenomenal. That's a. Uh, yeah, that's a that's, part of what I do now. That's 
obviously from a Kyokushin guy, it makes me puts a smile on my face. So yeah. um, have, have you, um, has the Kyokushin side, because Kyokushin is very different in Weichi. Um, yeah. Has Kyokushin helped you at all with your MMA game? Yeah, I think um, like the, there's a lot of similarities yeah. of what I used to do in Kyokushin. Mm -hmm. Like they're both full contact and, you know, it's some moves are different, which is great for me. I'm not looking to redo what I already did. Right. Um, for me, like, um, of course, you can always improve and get better. But when somebody says like, um, oh, you need a lifetime to master this style and you should dedicate your whole life to this one style. Not really my state of mind. Like I want mm -hmm. to learn. And if I do something different that's that's great um even if i'm not i'm never going to master it like i want to learn it know it the best i can mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so i learned a bunch of new things in kyoshin and um and again just like training and doing it and it's something i want to teach in the future uh i got my brown belt a year ago awesome awesome yeah thank you in uh, in tokyo and I'm learning all the katas and everything to hopefully soon be a shodano. That is so cool, man. Like that's, that says so much about you. I mean, here you are on this path of MMA and ultimately UFC, uh, undefeated fighter. So you could leave all that stuff behind, but there's something about traditional karate and things there that keep that spark alive, that you keep that focus in you. What do you think that is like, like, and, and, I, I, one thing I, I do notice is like, I mean, there's different characters in the UFC, as we know. You have the everything from the, the humble George St. Pierre to the Conor McGregor hyping a fight stuff, and then everything in between. But one thing that's common with guys and gals who have a traditional martial arts, a traditional karate background, there's a respect, there's a humbleness, there's a, a, a dis drive and discipline. There's all these little factors that come from it. Um, is that, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but is that the kind of thing that keeps you tied to traditional martial arts as well? What, like, what is it? Yeah. You know, I think, um, like the, the way of life for me, it's a big thing. Mm -hmm. And, uh, for me, like in the future, I see myself teaching karate and MMA mm -hmm. and I'd like to, to even you know, train MMA with more like a karate mentality, more like the discipline, right? Uh, everything for me, like something perfect would be training somebody who's young in karate and you got to be in the gi and you got to learn everything. And then at some age, you maybe add boxing gloves and start punching the face, mm -hmm. start taking each other down mm -hmm. and like kind of still do both, mm -hmm. but whoever wants to be a fighter more focused on one thing and whoever just wants to train for fun mm -hmm. and well-being focused on a different thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think like also karate is more uh, sustainable at all age. Yes. More for wellness, well-being. I'm an old um, man. I'm still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not that old, but yeah. I've seen older and okay now I've seen way older. Yeah, touche, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um so now how long you been in Las Vegas now? Uh 7 years. Wow. Do you miss home? Yeah. 
or what yeah, is home I do, now? <laughs> uh, I, yeah, exactly. Like Vegas is home, but right. um, I don't want to be, you know, one of those guys who lives in Vegas for 20 years and some other place is home. Like, yeah, where I am is home. Mm. But uh, also my family is in Israel. My, my, a lot of my good friends are in Israel. Mm-hmm. So I haven't been there in two years. So I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, and yeah, it will always be home as well. Yeah, of course, of course. Do you have a what's your family like? Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have two big brothers with yeah. kids. Yeah. So I have uh, many nephews I haven't seen in a while. Has anybody been over to visit? Have you seen anyone from your family? Um, it's, my I mean, cousin things are came so to hard visit right me because of COVID and stuff. But... Yeah, that's the biggest problem. Yeah. Um, but, but I'll see them soon. I'll see them yeah. soon enough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's it like living in Las Vegas? <laughs> I'm just smirking because Las Vegas has a reputation. <laughs> yeah. You know, I came to like uh, Sin City to yeah. be a monk, exactly. to be an MMA monk. Exactly. Exactly. And how's that? How's that balance happening? It's good. Like that's the style of life uh, I like. I yeah. don't like to party, go out, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. me, it's perfect. Like it's, uh, you know, training with the best fighters in the world, with the best coaches in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, having like, you know, here, some other places in the world, like it's, if somebody's in the UFC, it's crazy. Like if I'm in Israel and like, oh, I'm in the UFC, that's a big thing. Yeah. Here, every some... other guy is in the UFC, right? <laughs> Yeah. So you train with, you train with the best, and like uh, you learn from them, you get inspiration from them, um, and yes, sometimes even you know just sparring and training with them, and you're like, oh, I can hold my own. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can make it. Maybe I am in the in the level to do it, and and surely it's true. Well, and and on that note, I mean, what was it like? Your where was your first uh, American fight, uh, MMA fight? It was in Vegas, obviously, right? It was in Vegas. Uh, my first time ever competing in combat sports mm-hmm. was an MMA fight, mm-hmm. amateur, in front of 18,000 people. And I never competed in karate or anything before that. Oh, and, that was uh, your first exposure. <laughs> Holy shit. Did you throw up? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Like from the time I, from the first time I got to Vegas, uh, I didn't have like, uh, I had a tourist visa so I could come for three months, go back to Israel for six, come for three months. And I was gonna first time, second yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I, like my coach told me like, you're not ready. And I was like, please coach, let me fight. Uh, you know, no, you're not ready. Okay. Yes, sir. If you say so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. next time. We had a, a fight scheduled, um, and like it didn't uh, go through. Mm. Like second trip, actually, it didn't go through because uh, my uh, girlfriend back home, her father was uh, murdered by his neighbor. Oh my god! Yeah. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Um, you know, 
packed my stuff and yeah. and flew back home instead of fighting to be with her and support her. Yeah, of course. Uh, in a very you know very hard times. Mm-hmm. Um, a year later, I went back to Vegas again. Mm-hmm. This time I'm gonna fight. That's it. Mm-hmm. I had like uh, nine fights canceled. <laughs> That's so, gonna be so tough. You know, it's not like um, it's not like oh, a fight gets canceled. Yeah, you know, I'll fight next month. No, yeah. my visa is out next month. I gotta go back home. Yeah. And it's like uh, you know, if you add all those months of training and back home yeah. together, it adds up to like two years. Mm-hmm. So it's two years that I tell people I'm gonna fight in Vegas. I'm gonna do MMA, and no fights. <laughs> yeah. Like every time I go back home, people are like. So, ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, you got nine guys that got hurt. Hmm, interesting. Right. Sounds right. like a lie. Right. Right. <laughs> so, uh, a lot of people were kind of shitting on me, but uh, but it did happen. You no, know, I, yeah, I didn't give up, and at the end of the day, yeah, I had like you know, at some point, I was thinking like doing this MMA thing. It cost me my businesses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, when I would go back home i wouldn't train i would work security mm, all night um just like a lot of hardships like i told you it's who's left and yeah. trust me i thought about giving up i thought about oh maybe i should just reopen a dojo mm-hmm. i was doing so good why did i want to do all this stupid right. stuff right uh, it's never gonna happen but i just uh, stuck through it and eventually when i got that uh first win in like 50 55 seconds i think yeah, <laughs> yeah. in front of 18,000 people that was a pretty powerful moment yeah, yeah. and uh like i i told myself like okay maybe this is gonna happen yeah and then continued on from there and you know there's something and all right i gotta ask about the mohawk because you've had the mohawk forever even from yeah. the weichi days i saw you in the videos back then is that right. it's now become like your almost like your brand? Is that going to continue on? I know yeah. that's kind of I love it. I'm so, I'm almost thirty, so I'm thinking maybe it's time to uh, retire. It? You know, chill out with the Mohawk. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, when I'm fighting, for sure. When I'm fighting, I'm I'm always going to have it for sure. Well, I mean, but you do. There is something very. You're, how can I say this without um, dissing other people? I mean. MMA, UFC, but on all organizations, it's just, it's flooded with fighters now. There's so many good fighters out there and so many um, that are trying to make it. But there's only, at the end of the day, it's like anything else, whether it's music or anything, it's a, it's a cream of the crop. People will rise up. Um, and, and, and there's a bunch of factors for that. I mean, it can be luck, but there can be other things as well, too. But you have a look. Like there's there's people that have a spark, a look, or something, and I for me, and I'm I'm probably might be biased because I knew who you were and the karate background and all that kind of stuff, but you're an exciting fighter. You're super exciting. You have this great look. Um, um, I don't know, man. I think you might have the you know you're, people are always looking for the it factor, or the unique factor. Do you feel like you have it? Have you been told you have it? Um, I think I have it. Like mm-hmm. I'm not sure what it is but um right you can't how do you quantify it right yeah i think 
yeah, I definitely think like uh, I bring something special, whether it be the the karate or just like my my style of like mixing things up and being creative. Um, the fact, you know, that I'm the only UFC fighter from Israel is big and gives me a lot of exposure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. I think it's a lot of factors that have it. Yeah. Uh, and also in the ring, I think you're incredibly unique. Uh, I trying to, I can't remember the fight you had, you were fighting someone, you came in with this overhand and the overhand you swept around and, t and took them down. And it was this, it was so unique. I don't know. You, I'm not sure if you even know what I'm talking about, but I remember yeah. watching that fight and literally rewinding that part like about five or six times. Cause it was, it was just spectacular. It was just so nice. And that's just one example of like, you, you have this really unique way of moving. Uh, it's, and it's, again, I wonder if it comes from, you know, the, having that uh, unorthodox karate background and then moving into this, or it's just your personality. I don't know, but it's pretty damn cool. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I think it's like also, you know, mixing from a lot of styles. Right. And uh, the karate, of course, I also, you know, I regularly train in Vegas. Uh, there's no Kyokushin, mm. but I train with uh, Hiro Sensei. Mm -hmm. He's a really great point fighting. Oh, cool. Sensei. And, uh, you know, I train with them and do something different. It's not like, what I do, but that's the whole point, doing something different and really Adding like hitting, on. exactly hitting and not getting hit. Yeah. That's <laughs> not too bad for MMA. No, that's right. It. It's not for, it works for point fighting, but hell it can work for MMA. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I always try to incorporate things and learn new stuff. What was the, uh, has there been one opponent or anything that you've hit? What was the toughest yet? Um, I mean, I'm trying to figure out who you would have been like, like maybe somebody like, uh, what was his name? Ben Lugo. That was a pretty tough fight. Ben Lugo. Yeah. yeah. He almost knocked me out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was a good recovery. I don't know how you did it, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think my toughest fight was against uh, uh, Henry Barona. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a fighter from uh, Jackson Wink, which yeah. is, uh, you know, a huge uh, MMA yeah. gym very big name mm -hmm. you know i broke his orbital in the first round with a hook kick oh wow i remember that kick but i didn't know that i didn't know that happened yeah wow. me neither like just after the fight my agent told me by the way you broke his orbital holy like, crap i broke his orbital in round one <laughs> still gave me three rounds of hell yeah. like this <laughs> guy wouldn't go out <laughs> yeah so uh He's a, he was a tough uh, bastard. <laughs> and what's as the, the whole experience overall? Has it been positive for you or any regrets? In MMA? Yeah, specifically. No, no regrets. Um, you know, everything that goes wrong, you learn from it. Yeah. And uh, really, I'm really happy with where I'm at. You know, I'm. I'm 29. I started doing karate at uh, at 15, when people usually start at uh, five. Yeah. Yeah. And I started uh, competing in amateur MMA when I was 24. It's kind of late, you know. People usually do combat sports like they're in the ring when they're 16 or yeah. even younger. Um, they're doing amateur fights. They have a bunch of amateur fights before they go pro. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I had four amateur fights and I was like, broke my hand one year off. I'm 26. I got to go pro. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I did make up for lost time. I had to rush some things. Of course, I would have liked to be like, uh, I could have had the options of like competing for a world title in amateur MMA. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that could have been nice, but I didn't have time for all these, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, detours. Yeah. Um, and luckily I had the good, like, um, good surrounding that helped me like uh, navigate and find the right path for me, mm -hmm. uh, considering my age and considering my experience. And we did everything as right as possible so far. It is pretty spectacular how much you've um, crammed in those years. Like it is, I find it super impressive. Uh, again, even going back to your weichi, like you didn't, you started like to your point later on. And, and I don't know, people have never seen your videos and stuff that I've seen of you doing weichi. It's really high level. You do look like somebody that's been doing it forever. So you, you obviously have, a, a, you're very naturally talented, but combined with that, with the drive and the work ethic, I mean, that, I think that everything speaks for itself. Like it, it blows my mind what you've accomplished in that window of time. It's, it's pretty, pretty damn impressive. Thank you very much. Yeah, I think it's really good. Um, I mean, are you here? I mean, you must now, you're getting, how well known are you now in Israel? Because of this? I don't know. I haven't been in Israel in uh, two years, but my friends tell me like, uh, you know, I'm like, oh yeah, they like, my name is out there in Israel. Oh, that's cool. And they're like, no, you don't understand. When you'll come to Israel, you'll understand. That's what I'm wondering. Like, all right. Like that. Yeah, like two I'm... years ago when I was there, I could like be sitting in a in a restaurant, mm -hmm. get a dessert, yeah, for free. Oh, like uh, yeah. somebody sent you a dessert, or yeah, you yeah. know, bartender uh, giving you something. Like yeah, here and there, but not like uh, I don't feel like uh, you know, like mainstream or anything like that. I don't think it's there either right now, but. I think it's coming. I heard like, I, I heard, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, for sure. I'm Because I'm just wondering, I mean, you would be the perfect role model too for kids. I mean, again, like sometimes MMA will get um, um, bad reputation because of some the way people conduct themselves. But you're such an honorable guy. You're, you know, again, your work ethic, the way you come across, like you couldn't want anything more for a role model for a kid or something coming up. Um, like, th th does that ever cross your mind? And because it's good, if it if it's hasn't happened already, it's going to happen. <laughs> you will be a role model for a lot of kids, especially folks or kids back home in Israel. Um, you know, it's like that's cool. Like, I don't know if it's something I I want to be, mm -hmm. but like I know I could be. Mm -hmm. So I try to be the best I can. Like. Even like, you know, posting something on Instagram, like if kids like, uh, you know, if kids right now that look up to me, see this, is this going to have a positive impact or a negative impact? Yeah. Like uh, not doing anything crazy, but just like even smaller things um, that if I think it don't look good or like could have a negative impact, I'd rather not post it. Right. Yeah. Good for you. Um, you, um, you were f fighting at, what was your weight? Cause you, you've gone up in weight, right? To 55. Yeah. 
I used to fight at 145. You look like a big 45. <laughs> was that was that hard for you going down? Like, what's your walking weight? Like, your off-season, just... 175. Yeah, that's a that's a huge cut. Holy shit. Uh, is, are you more comfortable at 55? I mean, you looked awesome yeah. at your, in your last fight. You looked really good. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, you know, I think when I started fighting, I would, like, die down. Yeah. And then have to cut, like, you know, water weight, like, sweat out. Yeah. You know, seven pounds to make it, which is not too bad. Mm -hmm. And slowly with age and, like, gaining some muscle, I had to cut uh, – nine pounds, 10 pounds, 12 pounds. When it got to 15 pounds, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I think I'd rather just go up a weight class. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's probably healthier for you too. Yeah. 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 I Especially guess. in my last fight at 45, when I got uh, knocked down yeah. three, four times in the second round, I, uh... I think it may have had something to do with like being dehydrated. I was wondering uh, that Sucking my brain. Yeah, of the liquid that protects it exactly. and making me more susceptible because I didn't get hit that hard, but I, you know, my body didn't take it well. I was wondering the exact same thing. And it, I mean, the science is there. You are more susceptible to concussion and, and head trauma because of, uh, of the dieting. It's, it's one of the things that uh, I know it's a, it's a huge thing in MMA. I mean, and some organizations have even tried to work around it, trying to do uh, weigh-ins at the same day of the fight to uh, mitigate that. But I think that could even be more dangerous as well. Cause you're, you know, yeah, exactly. Some, yeah. So I, I don't know what the answer is there, but I am glad that you're thinking about your health and you know, and you're not doing too much. Uh, you're five, nine. Yeah. Yeah. So we're, you and I are the same height. I think I'm a little bit over five, nine and I'm walk around one this 175 180 so the thought of going down to 145 it, it to me i mean i'm obviously old as hell and i wouldn't do it but it just blows my mind that it, that's got to be a really shock on the body uh, has that been one of the harder things having to do with like dealing with the the weight cuts and things of that nature yeah absolutely yeah you know training is fun yeah Training weight is not fun at all yeah, and that's what you, I hear from everybody I talk to that goes through it, and wrestlers as well. It's it's just brutal on the system. So 155. So you think 155 is going to be where your, your home is? Yeah, I think so. I can still make 145 if I really need to. Right. Especially now that I have the help of the UFC. We have the Performance Institute. We have a I want to ask dietitians. You yeah. How, what's, so what's that been like working with the Performance Institute? That It's been great. I get like... A, physical therapy every day oh wow You're you know whatever that. hurts take care of it that's awesome uh, monitor it yeah um then we have the strength conditioning program yep um and what what's your diet like did they create the diet for you or were, did you they, already have, yeah yeah you have a nutritionist mm -hmm. not only do they create the the diet for you but they will supply the meals for you with the right quantities. Oh my God. So you don't, have, you don't have to source the food. You just go and eat. <laughs> yeah. You just, you can just grab your meals and eat. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Um, what else there, you know, we have a sports psychologist. Wow. Somebody yeah. to, to talk to and go over things. Yeah. Uh, you know, something like it's so easy fighters were always like no i'm good i'm tough yeah yeah i uh, i have no problem not scared of anything 
like it's not true right uh i'm not scared of saying it like i don't think if i say it uh, out loud it diminishes me Uh, i think we always say like uh, you know mental health is something you need to speak more about yes Uh, you know thank god i i'm feeling good and i'm i love what i do Mm -hmm. but of course it's a lot of stress uh it's a lot of worries sometimes self-doubt yep um so it's great to have somebody to talk to. Um, I, I love hearing you say that because you're right. Like, and especially, you know, and guys too, always going to tough it up and all this kind of nonsense. Yeah. And it's such, you know, um, GSP was one of the first people to crack open that mold, you know, and tell people, yeah, yeah. I, see, I see a psychologist. What, why not? I need help. You know, like if, yeah. to your point, physiotherapy, if you had something injured or that, you'd go get physiotherapy. Like, it's so exactly. silly to me. Like, what, what, don't you want to take care of your most important factor? <laughs> like your brain? Like, exactly. <laughs> people say like 80, 80% of fight is mental, right? Right. Right. How much do you train your body? How many yeah. hours a day? <laughs> exactly. How many hours a day do you train your mind? Yeah, exactly. Ah, zero. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, on that note, um, you must be familiar with Lomachenko, the boxer, right? Yeah. Um, all that stuff that he does, you ever watch all those, like working with puzzles after being exhausted and things? Have you ever tried yeah. any, uh, do you guys do any kind of uh, uh, implementation of things yeah. like that? Yeah, the, the PI... Uh, a part of this strength conditioning mm-hmm. uh, to be honest like it's so uh, scientific that like I a lot of times I don't get what we're doing exactly or why we're yeah. doing it but yeah. like everything has a reason yeah but uh, something I do understand is like you know we get to a very high heart rate yeah and very fatigue and we got to solve problems exactly yeah um, yeah like on the screen you know vision like touching the the dots yes 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 um pretty much you know a lot of things like uh when you're that tired you just want to crumble into a ball yeah yeah so maybe like having you run or something would be like too much Mm -hmm. but also they don't want to give you rest so they give you something kind of in between to really when you're the most tired is where when the fight is you know the most most dangerous, yeah. uh, most challenging. It's yeah, when you so have to think the hardest. Exactly. Keep the mind sharp. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Um, and I, I mean, we almost glossed right over it, but I mean, how did you end up in UFC? I mean, it was through, I mean, you're wearing the t-shirt, Dana's White's uh, contender yeah. series. How did that all happen? So I was actually supposed to fight uh, Bruno Souza. Yes. Was Lyoto Machida's uh, protege. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, it was super exciting for me because uh, I grew up watching Lyoto. Yep. And it was like a big inspiration for me watching at home and saying, hmm, if Lyoto can do it, maybe I can do it. Yes. Um, so, like, I'm a big fan. And uh, for me, like, the as a fan, the biggest, like, uh, you know, for some people, it'd be like, oh, can I take a, a selfie with uh, Lioto? Like, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan, right? I'm like, oh, I'm a big fan. I want to fight your top student. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'd be an honor for me to, you yeah. know, Kick go to war with ass. him. <laughs> yeah. So I was doing like a big, uh, you know, I called him out, said, let's do it. Kyokushin Karate against Machida Karate. Uh was supposed to be really good yeah but uh you know on sunday i get a call from my agent 
hey, you want to take a fight on Dana White Contender Series, uh, two days notice, one weight class up against an undefeated, uh, you know, submission specialist. It was six and oh. No, sounds scary. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I know you gave up that other fight, but I mean, honestly, like what choice did you have? The UFC is calling. Isn't, isn't that, I mean, that's the call yeah. every fighter is waiting for. Exactly. Right? Like it's uh, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to lose. Right. So what? Everybody loses in life, you know, in, yeah. in record, in like in fights and different things like, I'm right now I'm undefeated, but you know, I don't think I'll be undefeated forever. Yeah. The only thing is like before every fight, I tell myself, I know I'm going to lose one day, but not today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so just, no, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, that was, I couldn't believe you did that fight in two days. And uh, I mean, and you, you, that was an amazing fight. Uh, you really dominated on the ground. It was very, very impressive, um, and ultimately took the win. Uh, did did uh, did Dana have any words for you after? Have you spoken to him? Um, no, you know, just a fist bump. Yeah, I saw. Uh, that. Told me later. He told me congratulations. Welcome to the UFC. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I was really happy, of course. Mm -hmm. But it just felt like so natural, like uh, sitting there getting the contract. Mm -hmm. Like you would think like I was, uh, you know, like jumping out of my seat. But <laughs> now it felt like, okay, finally, like putting all the work. Mm -hmm. um, did everything I could to make it to this moment. Imagined it like, you know. Mm -hmm. Never, never like really imagined getting a contract, but like imagine me in the UFC all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So why not? Just it's it's normal. Yeah. Uh, I I just looked up at the time and I just realized I've I've wanted to talk to you for like an hour, but I've been go <laughs> I've gone way over. So I I do apologize, but it, you no, do no. Have, you have such an interesting story, and uh, and I I just wanted to get try to get as much facets of it, of it as I could because. Uh, you're like you're like the Karate Kid who made, who made it to uh, <laughs> made it to MMA and it's it's just incredible. So it's been an incredible honor for me uh, having you on here. I was looking forward to it. I was uh, to be honest, I was a little nervous all week uh, with this because uh, I am such a big fan of yours. Thank you um, very much. Yeah, I'm a fan cool. as well. Oh man. Um, so any uh, any final words? Anything you want to say to uh, to folks? Uh, especially, I mean, I get mostly uh, Karateka. Uh, fan base too. anything special you want to show to anybody or anything you want to say um just thank you for the support and uh you know if you have a dream uh, go for it yes it won't be easy but it'll be worth it yes absolutely on that thank you so much sir good luck in your fight i don't think you're going to need any luck in anything with your work ethic but uh, it's been an honor us thank you very much thanks thank you for having me my pleasure